Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. How much gas does your car take to start? Oh, interesting. Hey, what's a shish kebab really mean? This is season seven of Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Listen, laugh, and learn. We scour the internet and other sources to gather totally useless information just for you. Plus, we answer your emails and the headline from news from around the world. Yes, a Florida man was asked to hold his hot dogs. Totally useless information. It's everything you never needed to know. Nick. Yes? It's a new season, and we have Leanne on, and you had to start right away with holding hot dogs. Well, well, before we get to Leanne Phillipson. Your weekly sweet and savory facts of totally useless information with Nick and Roy. Come and get it! Yes, we do have a very special guest today. Welcome to Season 7, everyone. Thank you all for your support and your dedication to Totally Uses Information with Nick and Roy. Yeah, seven, seven, seven seasons. Amazing, 130-something shows. Incredible. 65 different countries. And guess who we got back on the show? And because we we have a very special guest, we cleaned up the studio. We replaced the candy dish with a bowl of fresh peaches and grapes. Hey, welcome, Leon Phillipson. Thanks so much for having me on. Congratulations on yet another season. Holy smokes, you guys are on fire. It is. This just proves when you're as famous as Nick and I, you get the good guests Mm. like Leanne, who's an amazing nutritionist. She is, according to her website, because I did some research, Leanne is a registered nutritionist, best-selling author, engaging speaker, and nutrition expert featured weekly on Toronto's News Talk 1010 Radio, which is part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network, which is what we're on as well. So Mm -hmm. she's part of our family. She's an approachable and sought-after media contributor and a go-to for nutrition quotes, interviews, ideas, tips, and articles. But we have her on not because of all of that, because she's our friend. So welcome, Leanne. We really do appreciate it. We have her on because she put me on the seafood diet. Leanne said, any food you see, you eat. Mm, nice try. It's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. So what, tell- my cheeks end up hurting at the end of the at the end of our chat because I'm laughing so much. Listen, laugh, and learn, which is uh, what we talk about here on the show. And uh, so, Leanne, uh, what's going on in, in in food? Like, what's what's um, what's some of the funnier stuff that you've come across lately? Oh, there's some really interesting. I guess you could almost call them trends in Uh-oh. a way. Trend and. And something that I came across at my local market. So I go to a local market every single week and I buy all my beautiful greens and everything that's in season, talk to the local farmers. And then there there was this one vendor and he has freeze dried everything like Mm. strawberries, apples, watermelon, and really like freeze dried foods were developed so that they could seriously go to the moon and reduce the weight of the food that they're taking with them right so you take out the water and the oxygen that are that's normally found and this was like a 1960s i think this was they started with ice cream and i I, you know we got sucked in my daughter wanted to try it so we picked him up and tried it and i was like oh you know when you can't get something out of your mouth fast enough you're like yeah yeah it was such a bizarre 
taste, but they've also turned uh, baby snacks into this freeze-dried stuff. So when it, it kind of hits your tongue, then it starts to like disintegrate and just gives you some sort of flavor. It's a I really was actually big, talking bizarre to somebody thing. about the freeze-dried stuff, and they said the problem with it is they replace, they put sulfur on it. And you have to get freeze-dried stuff that has no sulfur. It has to be completely naturally freeze-dried because if it has sulfur, it's really bad for you. Well, it's the same thing with like dried apricots. You know, when you go buy dried apricots and they're orange, mm-hmm. they've been sulfured because really when they dry, they should be brown. So that's like a Turkish apricot. People yeah. who have asthma and sort of breathing conditions, they sometimes really get triggered by something like what you're They turn about. orange. I believe that's what Donald Trump used to put in his hair. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> that's it. Right there. He's with sulfurt. So, so, for, so how, how long does the process take to freeze dry, let's say, you know, a bunch of strawberries? Like, is there... I, I didn't even ask. So you know, I have a dehydrator. I have a this dehydrator. Is, that's different. Yes. Yeah, that's it is. different. It, a right. dehydrator is awesome, rock star. You're yeah. going to, you know, slowly, slowly at a really low temperature. But you know how long it takes to do like days, raisins and bananas? You just keep leaving them there just like forever. You can make jerky quick, but, you know, like a few right. hours, maybe four hours or so. But bananas took like almost a whole day and they, they were all right. They weren't great. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun to try these things out with food, but yeah, you got to know that you're not. Yeah, it's fun sitting there and watching, just like watching paint dries, like watching the fruit dehydrate <laughs> in front of your very eyes. How I was hungry fun. when I started, but then you know, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. ate like three meals in between. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. exactly. Are you a fan of shish kebabs, Leanne? I do quite like a shish kebab. Okay, yeah. so do you? Um, are these like uh, shish kebabs that you would barbecue? They put some meats on yes. it, or purely vegetables? So, what would a Leanne Phillips and shish kebab look like? Mm, I just had some a couple of weeks ago that had a bunch of peppers, onions, and this and shrimp that were folded differently. Like I kind of looked at it as I took it off the shish kebab and thought that looks really cool. How did you do that? So I think rather than putting it through kind of as it laid flat, they folded it in half and then stuck the stuck it through. It was awesome and so incredibly tasty. I love shrimp with anything. So I don't want you to be offended in any way by what I'm about to say, Leanne, but mm-hmm. when I do shish kebabs, I rub my meat. Yes. I pause. <laughs> <laughs> wow. yeah. I rub my meat with cumin and I rub it with um, ginger. Yep. and some curry powder oh, and I let that sit overnight yeah and and I let it soak in a little bit of coconut milk oh. and then the next day I make the shish kebab out of that and it's great with chicken because the chicken soaks up all that good flavor oh yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds good well it is good the reason why I bring it up is because I found out in my totally useless world that I'm in is that the, the word shish kebab is a Turkish word. It means sword or skewer. And it was the medieval soldiers who used their swords to grill meat over open field fires. Oh, makes sense. They stuck the meat on their sword to put it over the fire. Exactly. Wow. And so in Turkey, shish kebab does not really normally contain vegetables because they may be cooked on a separate skewer. But uh, I guess here in North America, they, they combine all of the meats and the vegetables. But apparently, I think we're now Roy, for those of you who don't know, Roy is a trained chef with papers and everything. He has his papers. Show me your papers. 
Yeah, they put the papers on the floor in the bathroom like they're puppies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he's, paper, he's a paper-trained chef. <laughs> so you were telling, so apparently you know a little bit more about shish kebabs in terms of how to assemble a shish kebab. You just can't throw anything there randomly. There's a, Well, there's a lot a, of times people mess up with the shish kebab. They use the wooden skewer. They put it on the grill, and the skewer falls apart. What you need to do is put the slower cooking items in the center and put the the quicker cooking items on the outside, like the tomato and stuff like that. And then you place those items on the outside and you cover them with tin foil and keep the meat very tight in the center and cook the meat so that the shish kebab skewer doesn't burn away. And then at the end, you take off the tin foil and you get the nice char on the vegetables and they got a little bit of a snap to them. And then you take that chicken off and it's got that curry cumin ginger flavor coming mm. off of it. It's wonderful. Boy. It's good. You're not getting hungry now. I don't know what is. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Our very special guest is a registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson, our friend. You know, we had a lot of fun a few months ago. She she came over to our Christmas party. And uh, if I remember correctly... Nick, was, Nick, don't discuss what happens at the Christmas party here well, online. <laughs> but she brought over <laughs> this dish, apparently, that it's like eating out of a skull or something. What was that? It was, what was that? It was something that, like... Eating. This Christmas party have anything to do with holding the hot dogs? The news no, no, the no. That That's coming up in news from around not the world you, later Leanne, in the show. Not you. I'm talking no. about Nick. No, 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 no. Speaking Believe of... Believe me, Nick can hold his own hot dog. Well... <laughs> <laughs> now, just because you're a registered nutritionist doesn't mean that you don't indulge in richer foods. Like your your diet isn't berries and nuts or anything like that. Like you you indulge every once in a while, right? There's a true confession. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a really big question for you after this. Go ahead. Okay, I don't indulge in hot dogs. Okay, so I won't be a part of that conversation, other than to say everybody gets to choose what they put in their mouth. Okay, as I talk about on my podcast. So. Um, so no, I don't because I, I don't enjoy them, and I'm kind of scared about what's in them. But that's that's okay. Um, but really, the majority of my diet is quite healthy. But I do love like probably my biggest vice is crisps, and I say crisps because I like British crisps better than I do North American chips. Mm. Um, because they just don't they just I don't know they just taste different. And I lived in England for a while, and they know how to do their crisps. Oh, see, so now she said the word crisps. So here's a question I have for you. What type of oil? Because mm -hmm. I only use avocado oil, which is super expensive. Yeah. But there is avocado oil. And then also, second part to the question, do you know about seaweed oil? Oh, I have not heard of seaweed oil. Mm, so go ahead. What type of oil do you like to use? And then I'll tell you about seaweed oil. So extra virgin olive oil, organic. Um, I always use that in any salad dressing, drizzling, anything like that, or just to dip some beautiful uh, bread and vinegar with herbs and spices in. She makes it sound sexy. I know. Drizzle that olive oil all over me. Yeah, okay. It's like sure. First, I take a naked, <laughs> naked piece of bread and I drizzle it with olive oil. I bathe it in it and run it through it. Roy yeah. will turn anything into a naughty duck conversation. Uh, you know, like... I'm going to finish their oil thing. What I fry in? Well, first of all, I don't really fry. But if, if I use the frying pan or anything like that, it's always coconut oil mm. um, or grass-fed butter. Like, I've got a thing, thing, thing about mushrooms right now. I learned how much it supports your microbiome, which are your good bugs in your belly. Mm -hmm. And every week at this market, not the dehydrated or the freeze-dried guy, I go over to the mushroom guy now instead. I buy all like four or five. Mm. He's the guy wearing the tie-dye T-shirt. 
yeah, different, <laughs> different kinds of mushrooms. And I find like, hey, Leanne, what's happening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <some> mushrooms. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, and then I fry them all up in butter. Okay, very quickly, seaweed oil. Yeah, tell me about that. What's super that high temp, about? super yeah, high yeah. temp. Oh, great saturated fats, things like that. Really great. It is probably the world's greatest oil, but it's so hard to get. And it's super expensive. It's like right. $30 for a small little thing of it. Right. But seaweed oil is going to become something once they figure out how to process it properly. Right. You know, but, but not again, kill it like they did. With exactly. The like I only get the cold yeah. pressed uh, avocado oil, which I love. But let me tell you about hot dogs. There is a grass fed non-GMO grass-fed, completely uncured, uh, natural skin hot dog on the market that is actually gluten-free. All it has is meat, some garlic, some vinegar, a couple other small items, no preservatives, no nothing, and it's a hot dog. And it tastes like a hot dog you would taste. So it, you know, it, it's almost decadent, but good for you. That's not called a sausage, really? Or it's a sausage that they just decided to call well, sometimes I call it my Italian sausage, but <laughs> you know, I'm just listen. I'm disappointed in you, right? Because usually you you call it a hot Italian sausage, but come on, the old spicy hot Italian sausage. So now, since since you don't really indulge in any of the fried stuff, so then I won't tell you about the corn dog. No, no, yeah. tell Not about my the thing. Dog. Come on, Nick. So st there was a guy by the name of Stanley S. Jenkins who pioneered a brave, really a brand new and a brave guy that he was, a new wiener world in which hot dogs are coddled lovingly and delicious cornmeal batter. They coddle the dogs lovingly. <laughs> That's right. And delicious cornmeal corn batter and He's bathe in. And he is disgusting. <laughs> Come on. Okay, I could read this two ways. Okay, I'll do it this way, right? So hot dogs are coddled lovingly in delicious cornmeal batter then bathed in hot oil a treatment benefiting culinary royalty or we could read it this way hot dogs are coddled lovingly in delicious cornmeal <laughs> batter then bathed in hot oil a treatment or, yes nick you could read it this way the guy ran out of buns took some cornmeal slapped it on the hot dog and threw it in the fryer <laughs> <laughs> You may, laugh. Corn dog you may laugh. You may laugh. But this corn dog, Stanley S. Jenkins, filed a patent with the U.S. Patent Trademark Office for an appliance that allows him to impale battered foods with a stick or a handle and deep fry them in oil. So you may Sounds laugh. Dangerous but to me. Seriously, but is this dude got a patent on like the Oreos, the Mars bar? The butter, deep fry. Well, maybe the machine, maybe the like the the actual oh. appliance that the he impaler. Played. That's right, the impaler. The impaler. We'll call him the, the uh, Stanley S. Jenkins, the impaler. So Got now it. you might think of a corn dog a little differently now after hearing that. I don't think about corn dogs. No, no, not big no. on them. They have not ugly. Really. I'll just ugly think about the impaler. Actually, the is impaler. what I'm going to think about when people yes. talk about all this deep fried stuff. So dangerous, for. Leanne. <laughs> so Leanne Phillipson is not only uh, a registered nutritionist, like we mentioned, she's also a host of her very own podcast called Eat oh, This. Yeah. Tell us about your podcast, Eat This. Well, we have a laugh a bit like you guys, too, talking about all the things to do with food, because 
like food can get a bit of a to be a bit of a heavy subject at times, yeah. can't it? Yeah. And all your health issues, your aches, your pains, your headaches, just all the things that go along with it. So we bring a lot of levity to it. But really, my passion is to educate people. So we're, no matter where they're at on their health journey, that they can be empowered with more knowledge and understanding, because you don't always get the answers from say your doctor or the people that you're going to see to help you, which means you got to take charge of your own health. See, if you listen to uh, Leanne speaking just now, you realize how ridiculous me and Nick really are. <laughs> we we choose to bring people totally useless information. Right. <laughs> so she's the complete opposite. So her podcast. Our listeners, our listeners heard Leanne for like eight seconds and they were like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But she's much too smart for us. She is. But she but she continues to come on our show, which we really, really do appreciate. So listen, laugh and learn is what we do. I got something, Nick. Well, let me just let the people know where to find Leanne Phillipson, which is Eat This, her podcast Eat This, which is available on the iHeart Talk app, right? On the iHeart Radio app. iHeart, really everywhere you get your podcasts. But make sure that you search for Eat This with Leanne. And then I'll pop right up. I'm juggling. It's a great show, guys. Eat This with Leanne. Yeah. Beautiful. That's a, yeah, you got to really tune into her show because I love her show. But did you see the picture? She's juggling. What are you juggling there? It's oranges. Oranges. Yes, she's an orange juggler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not mm-hmm. really. I dropped them all over the floor. It was just a good shot. <laughs> yeah, not to be mistaken <laughs> with the impaler hitting your juggler. That's right, yeah. That's right. <laughs> I got one good for you guys. All right. And this is for you too, Nick. You're going to love this. Tonic water. Yeah. Mm quinine which by the way saved the panama canal otherwise it would have never been built because people were getting malaria and they took the quinine and it stopped the malaria right but quinine is an interesting interesting compound so tonic water has quinine in it and the quinine at the compound of quinine when the lights are completely off glows it picks up the light and actually has a glowing property to it. So the next time you're drinking a gin and tonic in the dark, you will notice that it glows. It has a slight glow to it because of the quinine. That's amazing. I like that one. That's fascinating. I just talked about, I just this morning talked on radio about how to save your liver from all the summertime drinking and things like a gin and tonic and suggested a gin sonic. Gin sonic. That sounds interesting. Sounds um, futuristic. What's gin sonic? Sounds refreshing. does doesn't it well the concern with the gin and tonic is that no, not only are you getting the booze the the clear booze is the best way to go but you've got lots of high fructose corn syrup in your tonic water but otherwise like gin and soda doesn't really work so you actually do some gin a bit of tonic and then top it up with soda water and it's just better on your liver on your hydration and it's actually really refreshing but i wonder if it's still going to glow in the dark mm. Mm, probably not. Put like a wedge of lime in it, maybe. Maybe you know something it's like that. For sure. For so sure. take the tonic bottle and sit it next to the two of you. It's very romantic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a candlelit dinner. It's a uh, tonic water lit dinner. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. it. There you go. So uh, Roy and I used to work in a restaurant. Roy's father owned the restaurant for many years, and I was a waiter there. So here's my next question: What is a dumb waiter? Nick? Uh, no, not me. Your picture's no. there. Listen. <laughs> So dumbwaiter is used to bring up food from uh, a restaurant to kitchens below and also to take dirty dishes back down in the dining room. 
It's hidden an essential service in almost every mansion, cafe, and restaurant. Maybe if you've seen one of those old-time movies where you see like a mm-hmm. dumbwaiter in, in that uh, situation. So this lifting device has been used for thousands of years, Leanne. The first recorded use dates back to around 200 B.C. during really? the age of the Romans. Yes, an architect described installing a dumbwaiter to allow the movement of goods. Now, why do they call it a dumbwaiter? It has nothing to do with me, really. The term's origins are simply that this lift was a way of having your own silent waiter not seen and not heard dumbwaiter. Mm, okay, that makes more, much more sense. It does. I mean, it's kind of interesting how way back then, like 200 yeah. BC, they thought of something like this. Crazy. Yeah. And, so, I, and I think if, if anyone ever goes and finds one, the first thing they think of is, can I fit in there? I'm sure and go, many and go for a ride. I'm sure if we've um, interviewed a few firefighters along the way, I'm sure they've had many a call for uh, persons stuck in a dumbwaiter. They put yeah. the dumb in dumbwaiter in that situation. That's more where it was coming from, <laughs> I thought. Yeah, for sure. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Leon Philipson, our friend and registered nutritionist, is uh, is on our show once again. Really thrilled to have you. And uh, Leon, how can people get in touch with you? You can search for Eat This with Leanne to listen to my podcast that goes out every single week. Mm-hmm. You'll find all the show notes and information on leannephillipson.com. And also, I've got a great line of supplements. I've got my award-winning book and so much more information about the radio that I do over on sproutright.com. So leannephillipson.com and sproutright.com. So what you need the- to go on, folks. You need to, to, to listen to Leanne's show. It's awesome. After you finish listening to our show here, then you yes, go to Eat This with Leanne. Look that up. Yeah, you can go right over to Leanne. No. no. Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. We'll wait. We'll yeah. wait for you. You know what? There's just, you got to laugh, which is an excellent medicine, but then you got to go learn the stuff about what you put in your mouth. So that's it's good. Very well, they, the expression, you are what you eat, right? I mean, that's really important. So what are the fun food stuff that have you uh, come across in the last little while here, Leanne, you can share with us? Oh, gosh, what else have, has kind of got me scratching my head? Oh, I know. Bacon, everything. Bacon in everything. Yeah. Bacon, like, covered in chocolate. A, oh. a bacon martini. What? A bacon, bacon on top of donuts. Oh, my God. Bacon-flavored mayo, mayonnaise. Bacon just, on anything. Bacon-flavored vodka, even. Love I mean, it. Like, I, like, you know, I get the loving bacon, but can we just leave it at bacon? No, bacon, bacon. I like bacon. Bacon vodka is fantastic because think about it. It has a smoky property, almost like a bourbon. Oh, so okay. they're just really marketing it as bacon. You're not into the bacon everything? Smoky. No, I don't mind. I don't mind it. Bacon's great. I don't have it too much, but but just kind of getting in everything um, just gets a little much, maybe. We have a bacon festival down here. Really? Really? I swear. They they do exactly what you were just saying. Bacon in everything. Bacon. It's a literally a bacon festival. People make pigs of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well so so wait a minute. So, I can't go there because I'm such a hog. <laughs> he goes on his motorcycle. So um do they serve eggs at this bacon festival? No, egg? they probably don't. They don't serve eggs. No, no, bacon and eggs. No, that's too common, Nick. Come on. Come on now. Have a little imagination, Nick. 
Just yeah. bacon everything. <laughs> exactly. Well, Leanne, I, I just can't thank you enough. I think we've uh, we've really scratched the surface on on all kinds of fun stuff with food. I mean, you are what you yeah. eat, as we said. And uh, I mean, you can indulge every once in a while. I think it's about moderation like anything else. So if there was one thing that anybody can take away from, from the show today, if any, <laughs> that is, mm-hmm. um, what is the best way to stay healthy and enjoy yourself at the same time? The the most foundational thing I think that we can do for your health, and it's so not sexy, drink more water. That's it. It gives depends you how you drink it, Leanne. If you're drinking it oh, completely well, nude, that. it could yeah, be it's, sexy. It could be very sexy. <laughs> yeah, and you have some sort of twizzly straw between you and the other person. Oh, there you go. Yeah, Roy, Roy creates a different waterfall, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> drinking all that water. So years ago when I visited... Yeah, the prostate isn't what it used to be. Listen, years ago, years ago when I went to visit Roy down in Florida, we took a picture that was um, in front of our hotel. A there was fountain. A, a fountain with a dolphin, right, that's shooting water out of its mouth. Uh, and Roy okay. and I positioned ourselves right in front of the dolphin where you couldn't see the dolphin, and all you thought was when you took the picture, there was this yeah. stream coming out of both of us at the same and time. And there should have been a little notation under the picture that said they're acting like three-year-olds. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Acting, my goodness. Which is way beyond our educational thing. Right. <laughs> so once again, Leon Phillipson can be found at leannephillipson.com and sproutright.com. Eat This with Leanne is her podcast. It's pretty popular. How many downloads have you gotten since you started this thing? Way over 200,000 now. Wow. Find out why. You know what's funny? You know what I got out of this whole segment what's with that? Leanne? What's that? That Nick knows where to buy an impaling machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> and deep go. fry it. Leanne yeah. Phillipson, thank you so much. We are thrilled to have you as part of our first guest ever on Season 7. Thank you for joining us on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a blast. Thanks, Leanne. Bye. Bye, Leanne. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. This is Totally Useless Vehicle Information with Nick, Meet Meet, and Roy. Boy, she's always full value, isn't she? Leanne Phillipson, leannephillipson.com. Thanks so much. That was a lot of fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, I like having her on. Hey, how about And it's interesting. I mean, really, you do, you learn a lot of cool stuff from her. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey keep your eyes on the road. Keep your eyes on the road. Especially if you drive a Saab. If you play around with the computer system in a Saab, you should be able to uncover a hidden gem. It comes with the game Pong. What? So it's like one of those Easter eggs where if you play around with the computer system in a Saab, it'll actually uncover the game Pong. Really? Yeah. That's safety. Do they even make Saabs anymore? They do. Where in Sweden? Probably, but if you have a computer system, don't play. Just don't don't touch the computer system. Yeah, I worked for Saab, right? That's right. Scania, Scania was an air. They built airplanes, and then they came out with Saab. And believe me, they were a Saab story. You bought those, you were crying. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) The gas gauge. Yes. Yeah, the gas gauge. This is very simple stuff. Gas gauge, okay, we right? use it all very the time. important. Yeah, yeah. They weren't added to cars until 1922. That's 35 years after the first car was made. That's a lot of roadside assistance. It is. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> a lot of jerry cans. They would open up and look inside the gas tank to see how much gas was in there. <laughs> My gosh, could you imagine? Looks like I got about a half. I think I'll make it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
exactly. And then people that you while you're smoking a cigarette, (laughs) (laughs) let me check the gas. Boom. Boom. I guess no more gas. Yeah. As as you're uh, riding along, you see these two people pushing the car. How come? Because we didn't uh, we didn't calculate the amount of gas properly. I'll tell you why, because it's 1921. The gas gauge isn't coming out till next year. Yeah, gauge this. Sons of... <laughs> hey, put that in your tailpipe. Technology has come so far that nearly 80% of Formula One drivers have a coating on their exhaust pipe that was originally designed for nuclear reactors. Whoa. 80% of Formula One drivers have a coating on their exhaust pipe because it gets really hot, I guess, right? So this was originally designed for nuclear reactors. Sure, I have underwear like that when I eat beans. (laughs) 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 Nuclear nuclear protected underpants. You you better get out of the way. (laughs) You know what? What a great marketing scheme, right? You know, nuclear-powered underpants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nuclear protected underpants. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Protect the whole family. That's right. right. From the R bomb, (laughs) the Roy bomb. I love this one. In the United States, Nick, Mm -hmm. this is a sad, sad statement, but a car is stolen every 45 seconds. Oh. Hold on a minute. They just stole my car. (laughs) (laughs) So by the time you're finished revealing this fact, a car is stolen in the United States. One was just stolen. Oh. Every 45 seconds, a car is stolen in the United States. In Canada, a car is stolen every... Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> there goes another one. I don't have the stats for Canada. I wish I did. Well, the thing is that uh, at the time of this recording, uh, there was, and I live in Toronto, Canada, Roy is in Fort Myers, there's been carjackings. So never Ooh. mind getting you know the car stolen out of your driveway. It's uh, quite something, and I, they arrested some people because it was part of a ring. Um, but yes, yeah, so you have to really be careful. Make sure you always lock your doors. I don't understand the terminology of that carjacking. It should be car abduction because you're abducting a car. If you were jacking it, the people that were sitting inside would be like, hey, stop jacking my car up and put it on a jack. That's right. <laughs> Just for fun to see their face, the back wheels are spinning. <laughs> exactly. Is your name Jack? Yeah, it works well. Yeah. How do you like that? <laughs> I like that, Jack. We got you now. <laughs> got you by the four wheels. If you and your family ever want to roll again, you'll give us $20. That's right. <laughs> Uh, Steve Jobs, uh, the great uh, Apple uh, pioneer, really. One of the many things that Steve Jobs was famous for was his refusal to put a license plate on the back of his car. It was a Mercedes-Benz SL55 AMG. Mm, Nice car. But Jobs spotted a loophole in the California DMV regulations. It allows six months of grace before a license plate had to be attached to a new car. So it just keeps getting new license plates. As a result, the Apple Supremo maintained a rolling six-month lease on a series of new SL55 AMGs. Just not to put a license plate on them. Replacing one with another just before the grace period ran out. Before you said this, you would have should have been like weirdo alert, weirdo alert, <laughs> exactly. uh, uh, weirdo alert. Yeah, I mean, come on, that guy's a whack. Yeah, who does that? Because he didn't want to put a license. And what on would it that? be? Jobs, Jobs one. Well, like, it would have been like, like Apple one or Apple I. Yeah, <laughs> or Mac. <laughs> Just Apple O I, Apple of my eye. 
Ah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, I guess yep. not. Nope. Rotten to the core. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, Nick, we talk about cars, right? We yes. have a segment called Cars. That's right, yes. So I said to myself, car. Why do we call it a car? What a great question. Right? I mean, car, where did this come from? And it had to come from 1900 basically on, so it's a new word. Where? Well, we usually get our words from Latin. So they did, again, go to Latin. The word carum, C-A-R-R-U-M, is not you driving Nick with a bottle of rum. (laughs) Oh, darn. (laughs) I thought I was getting excited for nothing. Although Nick does that often. (laughs) You'll notice he's the one driving on the wrong side of the road. He thinks he's in England. But anyway, it's from the Latin word carum. And it's a derived word, which means wheeled Celtic war chariot. Oh. A Celtic war chariot was called a carum. So thank God we shortened it, you know. Yeah. Sounds too much like... um, condom <laughs> that's right i'm here to buy the carum that's right which you use in the back seat of that carum often is this carum protected <laughs> that's right protect your car carry a carum protect your carum <laughs> yeah but uh, but make why sure why do we you, find that funny Does i don't know i don't know if they did but you know listen laugh and learn is what we you know it's quite we tell people what to do listen laugh and learn okay Mm-hmm. In the yeah. 1920s, moonshine runners from the Prohibition era would often have to outrun the authorities. So what did they do? They upgraded their vehicles while leaving them looking like ordinary, you know, not to, to attract too much attention. But eventually, they really souped up these cars. So eventually, the runners started getting together with other fellow runners of these cars and making runs together. They would challenge one another and eventually progressed to organize events in the 1930s. And that's how NASCAR got started. Bunch of drunks. (laughs) Yes. Until this day, that's all they do is drink beer in the stands and wait for a crash. Well, here's the thing. They just go around on an oval track. I don't I'm sorry, guys. I, I I love NASCAR people. I think they're great people. Yeah. You know, because they're super dedicated to a sport. Yeah. Okay. But they're going around in a circle. If I'm there, I'm waiting for the crash. That's going to be the exciting part. Yeah, for exactly. Me, right? And if the crash and happens. Yeah, cynical and horrible, but I'm waiting for the crash and not hoping that a driver gets hurt. <laughs> but if the crash happened a little bit further down, like, oh, man, I got the wrong seats again. I would like NASCAR better if the drivers were radio controlling the cars. (laughs) 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 Make it so much more fun, right? They'd be crashing a lot. (laughs) That's the way. Like Rock'em Sock'em robots. (laughs) Rock'em Sock'em NASCAR. So Nick, yes, my teaser. Mm -hmm. When you start your car, how much fuel does it take? I thought this again. This is another crazy one because it's so simple. Like. When you turn that key, the fuel injection goes on. Right. How much fuel does it take to start that car? Excellent question. I'm intrigued now. And it's a half ounce of fuel. On average, one half ounce of fuel to start your car. 
You know, that's amazing. It takes a, it takes human beings two cups of coffee, which is 16 ounces. Yes, to, to get going. And the car starts on a half an ounce. So in most modern cars, um, they have these, you know, uh, automatic stop, like uh, ESS or whatever they call it, right? So mm-hmm. basically what happens is when you're at a red light, it actually, the engine stops to save fuel. And it starts up again. So obviously they would have to redesign some of the starters because if you're starting up the the car over and over again, you burn out the starter. So they've redesigned the starters. But so a half an ounce each time that you shut off the engine, the engine shuts off a red light or something. But apparently you save 3% of fuel using that system. So I've heard from many a mechanic. It. No, you it scares don't, me. It, it, that it, thing it, I hate. I yeah. turn it off all the time. Yeah. The A. Yeah, I turn that off. That's right. I don't want people to think I'm against the environment because I'm not. No, but I don't think that saves anything except wrecks my starter and uses that little battery that they put to start. Like, there's right. two batteries in your car now. Yeah, there is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, crazy. Uh, you're listening to which totally- more weight, which uses more fuel. But go on. <laughs> yeah, and okay. How about this though? Then how about what do you do with those batteries? Huh? Huh? Where where mm-hmm. would you take them? All right. Okay. Shoot them in space. <laughs> sure, exactly. And you know what? The rockets be battery powered. Send them up Uranus. <laughs> battery powered Uranus. Hey, thank you for joining us. Over 65 countries have decided to jump on board. We're glad you did the same. We also encourage you to go to our website, nickandroy.com. Many fun things to do there, not the least of which are birthday messages. Oh, the best. Birthday messages are the really, people are going nuts over these birthday messages. It's Nick and I, uh, and again, uh, we do a show, a small show for you for your birthday. Um, We talk about things that happened on the day that those people were born and some interesting facts about that. It it is the greatest gift for someone that has everything. I can't even tell you the emails. I'm going to discuss one today in the mailbag. And the people just are going nuts for this. It's, it's Guys, it's like $24. It's the best gift ever. You go to nickandroy.com. You hit on birthdays. It's right up on top on the search bar. You hit on birthdays, and you can actually listen to a sample, too, so you get an idea of what it is. Do it, do it, do it. You will get the, the people will call you up and go, that is the most amazing thing ever. The most so, awesome. The most common comments we get is, thank you for allowing us for this unique gift they really enjoyed it so nickandroy.com is where you go and you're listening to totally useless information with nick and roy welcome to the totally useless information fashion show ever see those fringes usually you'll uh, see them on native american uh clothing but the native americans are credited yeah actually i do pay attention to them when they're on a dress (laughs) (laughs) i've paid attention to a number of them the way they sway back and forth yeah and they they mesmerize (laughs) you talking about the fringes now (laughs) yes you are yes exactly they mesmerize you and roy's like roy here over here over here, over here. <laughs> so the North, the Native Americans are credited as being one of the first to incorporate fringes into their clothing for both decorative and practical purposes. The fringes were crafted in leather or suede and were crafted from strips of cloth and served to reduce textile waste. It is a common practice among Native Americans to not cut away the seams, but instead clip them into fringes. Ah. The fringes also served as an excellent repellent against rainwater and natural hazards, including flies and mosquitoes. Oh, sure. Confuse the flies and mosquitoes. They also used the cloth from the fringe in case one needed to tie something on the spot. I will say this, Nick. Yes. A lot of fashion is designed off the indigenous people. 
that lived in North America. Yes. A lot of fashion comes from them. The moccasin shoes that we all wear, the drive, they call them driving shoes now. They're literally a derivative of what the indigenous people of North America used to wear. Yep. The hoop skirt. Oh. Nick wears one on the weekends when he goes to clubs. Exactly. <laughs> they call me hula hoop for short. <laughs> they call him Nick the Hoop. <laughs> yes, they do. So the hoop skirt yeah. was invented and worn for the first time by Queen Ioana of Portugal. Oh, okay. The reason it was invented was she wanted to hide her pregnancy. Oh. So she had a designer come to the royal whatever mansion and design a skirt that could hide the bulge of her pregnancy. And so the hoop skirt became a thing to wear because she was wearing it and then it caught on. But it was originally worn as a camouflage for her pregnancy. Cool. The first maternity outfits, huh? The hoop skirt. Yeah, the hoop skirt. But to hide it this time. Hey, how about some weird bathing suits? Victorian and Edwardian women wore long, heavy woolen dresses with capped sleeves to swim in, as well as their bloomers and caps and stockings, which sounds like a truly efficient way to drown yourself as quickly as possible. So what were they wearing? Like, why not just put some concrete in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Same effect. Woolen dresses, right? Cap sleeves, bloomers, caps, and stockings. Oh, no. Come on. To go swimming. Yes. My God. So later in the 1920s, thankfully, people experimented with, like, with other materials, like um, wood, by the way. Apparently, they used like strips of wood mm -hmm. in order to cover themselves because wood. Well, wooden bathing suit sounds pretty good because of the natural buoyancy. <laughs> exactly. The so they would lay float. backwards. That's <laughs> right. They became boats. Yeah, I was just going to say, a wooden bathing suit's called a boat. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Row, row, row your boat. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you got to see some of the bathing suits down here in Florida, folks. First off, you go to Miami, topless is okay. Okay. And it's okay. Let me tell you, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't mean that as like, it's okay, like the law allows us. Like, hey, I didn't okay. mean that in a Rodney Dangerfield kind of way, although it did sound like it's okay. I'll tell you, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay by me. But why they don't even just go nude is beyond bizarre because they're not wearing tops and then they have these thong bathing suits on yeah. literally there is just this v type of cover in their frontal area mm -hmm. and um it, it, it leaves nothing to be desired no i mean they're wearing everything i is desired <laughs> desirable to you of course so you see you some some guy told me <laughs> of course now listen you, you this is because you don't understand anything you see there mm -hmm. must be musicians because they're wearing g-strings that's right. That's right. And and if you get together with a couple of other girls, you might have a full guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's Spanish guitar. Yeah. How about You'll strum across the bottom, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There you go. Send your complaints to nickandroy.com. The oldest item of clothing yeah. ever made. Yeah. First and oldest item of clothing was the loincloth. In oh. fact, I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> it's light and breezy on a warm Florida day. And then I take it off and use it as a slingshot when I'm hunting. <laughs> That's right. 
It is the oldest item of clothing. The second oldest would be the dress, which Nick is wearing right now. <laughs> yes, I just I just picked it up from the dry cleaners. Which he uses as a lure at some bars that he goes to. <laughs> no, the first isn't like Okay, all right, there you go. The he's actually a dress. So that's amazing because I guess the guys covered up first. But then again, that makes sense because they were out hunting. Yeah. And, you know, you're running around in the forest. You wouldn't want to get your uh, testicles snagged by a thorn bush or something. So you put no. the loincloth on, I guess, right? Yeah, exactly. No one wants Makes to for a better hunting day. <laughs> it does. And you get to continue to sing baritone. And if you don't cinch that loincloth up good, you know, it could be a drag. Hey, I, I mentioned dry cleaning. Uh, during the Elizabethan period, there was no washing process for silk or satin and similar materials. So what did they do? Well, they would just brush down their used clothes. They would use perfume with orris root rose powder, then pack them away. Victorian women tended to own two or three woolen dresses when they weren't wearing them as bathing suits that they wore in rotation. And so they sponged down to remove the stains and replaced once a year when they finally became too grim to be worn in public. These are stinky people. Remember we talked about the wedding? They only bathed once a year? That's I mean, right. God, so disgustingly gross. What so, the hell happened? The Romans had nice baths. What happened? We Did don't know. take what... a break from bathing? <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure what happened there. But yes, thank goodness for dry cleaning processes where then you can you can clean yeah. the... Uh, what was the first one called? Like Stanky's Dry Cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of one hour, it's like one day dry cleaning. Wow, yeah. that's terrible. And wool, no less, is sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> Stinky, sweaty wool. <laughs> God, I hate that. Ugh. Oh, my God. The world's longest wedding dress. Well, the train, really. Okay. The dress itself is not really. The train of the wedding dress. Right. How long do you think the world's longest? It's the Guinness World Book of Records. A uh, hundred feet. 1.85 miles miles long. what miles. no <laughs> you know what 1.85 miles is you're talking about like 10 8 10 city blocks so so if you wanted to talk to the person you know that's holding the train at the back of the dress you'd have to get an uber just to go there just to talk to them well you know it's funny if the bride is 1.85 miles away and the old like grandmother was standing on the end of the train 1.85 miles on the other side and the yeah. bride took a run for it and the old lady went and fell on her rear end oh, that'd be <laughs> hysterical. The train was pulled out from under her <laughs> like when they rip a tablecloth off of a table right that kind of yeah thing. yeah goes exactly okay exactly. all right good thank you for that in ancient yeah. egypt women no problem were... nick <laughs> <laughs> totally useless information with nick and what i'm here for nick oh, nick and roy.com nick and roy.com <laughs> in ancient egypt women wore hats that's nothing unusual right these hats were made from perfumed animal fat Hats from to, fat. From animal, perfumed animal fat to disguise their body odor. No, Nick, you're getting me sick. <laughs> so the cones of fat would gradually melt as they became warmer, coating the wearer in <laughs> perfumed. <laughs> Stanky so, fat people. 
<laughs> running around the block melting candle wax on them. No, it's animal fat. Okay. It's so so <laughs> imagine they're walking around, it's warm, and this fat would melt and, no. and, and coats the wearer in perfumed oils to disguise the smell of sweat and dirt and unwashed clothes. Oh. So imagine stinky people. These are like, but these are perfumed animal fats, and then because look, being covered in lotus scented lard is way better, don't you think? I don't know, <laughs> and I don't want to know. Just I don't know. I don't know which one's better, Nick. The fat dripping down. So you go to kiss a girl, and it's like, oh my god, it's this fatty face. You got all the stuff no, dripping go, down. If you go to kiss the girl, you go steak again. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you smell like a lotus. <laughs> Thank I you. almost didn't lotus the stench. <laughs> You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. Do yeah. you know that Levi Jeans, uh-huh. it's the first denim jean product. It was a guy named Levi. He was a Jewish guy. He was like, but I can make this. With- no. <laughs> Look, I sold all these things together. Everything's great. <laughs> and he sold it all Levi, Levi jeans with a number one first jean. They're about what thirty dollars a pair, I guess. Levi's thirty forty dollars yeah. a pair. Sure. When they first sold, the first pair sold for six dollars worth of gold dust. Oh, and the year was eighteen fifty three, and that's why you have an eighteen fifty three Levi's cut. It's the original cut. There you go. But anyway, 1853, uh, Mr. Levi sold his first pair of jeans for $6 worth of gold dust. And that was the price because he said, nobody gets the discount. (laughs) My cousin, Bernie, Bernie gets a discount. (laughs) He gets wholesale. He does. Hey, you get wholesale, totally useless information here. We don't cheap you out on anything. Uh, all you have to do is go to our website, nickandroy.com. Lots of great things to do there. Like we said, you could check out our birthday messages there. Check that out. Um, and also you can check out past episodes, the past six seasons. We're now in season seven. All kinds of fun stuff. You know at, what else they could do, Nick? What's that? They can like? leave us a message. That's right. A voice message or, 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 or a written message. Two ways for you to get in touch with us. You uh, you can leave us a voice message right on the website, or you go to the top at nickandroy.com slash contact us. What's in the mailbag? What's in the mail? I was looking through the mailbag, and I noticed Jake from Napa Valley. Ah, that would be California yes. for those that do not live in the United States. Napa Valley is a place where they make a lot of wine. Beautiful. Anyway, Jake says, thank you so much for making my birthday this year something really special. Okay. I received a birthday message from Nick and Roy, and he wrote back to us because he was so taken back by the fact that it, this was an amazing, amazing gift. He said, I'm a hard person to buy for. And this was just something special. So Jake, happy birthday, man. A second time you got the, the preferential treatment. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but happy birthday. The second time. Thank you folks. If you want to go on nickandroy.com, just click on birthday messages. It's that simple. It's an awesome gift. 
nickandroy.com. Hey, my mailbag, uh, Sharon from Windsor, Ontario. And Windsor is one of the cities that, uh, in fact, we have our radio show on the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Uh, and uh, all you have to do is click on the iHeartRadio app. You can listen to our show. And she comes to us from Windsor. Dear Nick and Roy, we cannot get enough of your show. We listen to you on your podcast every week when it comes out. And we listen to you on the radio on the weekends on my smart speaker in my house. Very smart. Mm. Smart lady to uh, <laughs> to listen to totally useless information. Here's yeah, my so simple. You just say, uh, you know, like Siri or Alexa play totally useless information with nick and roy and the, the, the newest show will pop right up exactly she knows what she's doing uh here's my question sharon from windsor says who invented the cuckoo clock and when was it invented i'm thinking of getting one well hmm. sharon thank you very much it's a great question the cuckoo clock was attributed to franz anton ketterer an esteemed clockmaker. Op- yes can can you say this one more time say it over again please and I'm going to play some background. So okay, go ahead. ahead. The cuckoo clock has been attributed to Franz Anton and estimated <laughs> an esteemed clockmaker operating around the 1730s from the Black Forest village of Schoenwald, which is oh, let me guess to Mannheim, where my grandmother was from. So this is Germany. So it's the German, the Germans. And we make the best clocks, ticky talk. <laughs> In Schoenwald, it's a village where many cuckoo clock makers still operate workshops to this very day. So thanks to Franz Anton Ketterer. Honestly, this- my grandmother was from that area, and I had a Black Forest cuckoo clock. I lost it in a fire, but I actually had a Black Forest cuckoo clock. It was amazing, all handmade. It was beautiful. And it, had, it would go cuckoo, cuckoo, and then this guy would spin around, and this woman in a dindle. They'd spin around, and eventually they'd spin so much that they'd be together, and it looked like they were pressing against each other. Yes. But that's another story. <laughs> this was not a cuckoo clock. <laughs> Cuckoo. <laughs> As I heard on a TV show, it's a cuckoo clock. You're listening to Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. And now for something completely useless. So um, I was thinking, you know, I saw one of those hourglasses. You Wait, know what, what were you doing? I was thinking. I noticed smoke coming from your headphones. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And the fire department came. They tried to put out the fire. It was amazing. And the I animal... I find it very hard to believe that, Nick, you were actually thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how much sand is in an hourglass? Ooh. So this is an actual hourglass that it takes an hour for the, the glass to... You know, right, even though it's right, called right, an hourglass... Right, very good, good that you were specific. They were... Egg timer hourglass is right. Very That's good. right. Exactly. Thank right. You. This Thank is you. specifically to an hour, to a true hourglass. Very the, interesting. There good. are approximately 5 million grains of sand in an hourglass. Wow. And so are the days of all lives. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so are the days of useless information. Another uh, thing my grandmother used to do, days of all lives. Okay. So like now. in the hourglass. <laughs> now you have this look on your face where you're asking me, Nick, what I kind do? of. Yeah, you do. And what, what you want to ask is what kind of sand is used in an hourglass? Ooh, yes. So ask me. And Nick, yes. What kind of sand is used in an hourglass? I'm glad you asked. Uh, <laughs> white quartz sand, the sand found on sparkling white beaches, it's mm. attractive, but not 
really used for the hourglass because it's too angular and does not flow smoothly. Oh, can't Mar- use that. Nope. Marble dust, other rock dust, and rock flour powder from glass cutting and round sand grains like those of river sand are best for sand clocks or hourglasses. Sure, the river sand is more pummeled and circular and the flow better. Exactly. So five. One thing you need is a good flow for hourglasses and urination. <laughs> yes. Or, or if you're just in a regular country, it depends. If That's you're right. in a nation or a country. That's right. <laughs> you're a nation. Can you imagine? Hey, and they're always pissed. So there you go. See, now the next time you look at an hourglass, now you know. Hey, today on the show, we talked about food. We had a very special guest and really dear friend, Leanne Phillipson, on the show. Yeah, she was fun. We talked about cars. It's time for the news. And now, from around the corner and around the world, this is TUI News. A Florida man with hustle, eat, sleep, repeat tattoo was charged with throwing hot dogs at a police officer. Hot dogs. Jason Stoll is out on bail, according to online court records, but a Tampa Bay area man was arrested for allegedly throwing a hot dog at an officer who warned him he was violating a city ordinance. What do you think? He was at a gay bar? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. He wanted to throw the, the uh, hot dogs. Beaners for everyone. <laughs> he, was, he threw a hot dog at a pig. Jason Stahl, which is, by the way, is slang for cop. Oh, Nick. What? Hot dog at a pig. That's right, yeah. Oh, offensive. No, listen, according according to some slang dictionaries. uh, First responders and service people. Of course, yes. Without them, you know, they'll just leave me hanging. Yeah, you go ahead. I did not call them a pig. I had nothing to do with that. Now, Jason Stahl, who is 47, is charged with felony battery. On a law enforcement a big charge, it's a yeah, big charge. It was a big hot dog eater. <laughs> it was one of those jumbo jumbo franks you get at the ballpark, yeah. right? Yeah, he was Costco footlong. <laughs> Go ahead. That's right. He took Maybe he dried them beforehand. They're a little harder. You get there. Sure. So he was charged with felony battery on a law enforcement officer and resisting an officer without violence. Wow! How many did he throw? Uh, doesn't say. Maybe later on in the story here, but around but usually there's eight in a pack. <laughs> <laughs> took him ten minutes, and then the officer was was really ticked off because but Nick, there's only six buns. <laughs> That's right. right. No, how many buns are there? It's eight usually no. It's ten. It's ten hot dogs in a package and eight uh, buns in. Uh, yeah, the yeah. buns don't do as much damage. They the hot don't. dog could get you in the eye. Exactly. You know, or maybe you get one stuck in your ear. So a Saint Petersburg police officer told Stoll he could no longer sell hot dogs in the roadway after his street closure permit. <gasps> ended oh this is why an officer asked him to close up shop but he continued he was loaded he had a lot of hot dogs. he did because he tried to continue to sell the hot dogs oh no 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 so this st- is out of control stole the suspect stole the perpetrator became frustrated mm-hmm. and threw a hot dog at the officer yeah because feeding your wiener to a person you should have a permit <laughs> well but not only that the officer was still in full uniform at the time of the incident Oh, no, no, no. He should have known better. That's right. What did he say to the officer? Would you like one in between the bun? <laughs> <laughs> so, 
That's right. So this, this wasn't like an undercover cop or a plainclothes policeman. This no. this officer was in full uniform at the time of the incident. I think that he would have given him one free. That's right. <laughs> and a donut. They do. <laughs> hey, a hot dog flavored donut. Stoll, who lives in Newport Ritchie, was booked into the Pinellas County Sheriff's Office. Oh, it's a Florida thing. Yeah, the Pinellas County yeah. Sheriff's Office must be really, really busy. Very, this very is, busy. This very, is, very busy. We have people first. urinating on each other. We urinating on cars. Players. If you remember a few weeks back, we had uh, one of the uh, fine uh, citizens of Florida uh, urinating on a cop card. No, 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 no. Um, now, we have some men that dress like women that have known to be hot dog eaters, right. if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And they're vegetarian. So according to some court records, he is out after posting a $2,500 bail. You can't let this guy near food. If he gets no. into a supermarket, goes in the vegetable area, starts whacking people with zucchinis, this is dangerous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but not only that, you knew this, guy's, this guy was a derelict because the court records note he has many tattoos, including the phrases, hustle, eat, sleep, repeat. Uh-oh. And so he'll do it again. That's right. And the other <laughs> tattoo. repeat right on his tattoo. And not only repeat that. Repeat offender. He's a repeat of that's right. He hustle, eat, sleep, repeat offender. That's right. He has to add that. Okay. Let me tell you something. Yeah, this guy, he's he's bad news. And the other tattoo, what doesn't kill me makes me. And maybe strong. you could sell him an impaler, Nick. <laughs> that's right. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's so still putting his tubes on the impaler. What, let me tell you, this guy could make some more money that way. Plus, if he throws him at the cop, he stick him right in there. You know, yeah. the, the impaler is a little sharper. Plus, who the hell doesn't like a nice big meat on a stick? <laughs> yeah. A tubular meat. <laughs> Listen, he would have been a lot better off if he had if he was selling corn dogs because at least it had a softer landing when it hit the officer. Could you see the the cop talking to the judge, Your Honor? He accosted me with a tubular meat. <laughs> Just kept hitting me with it in the face. <laughs> That's right. What had me really startled? He lashed me with his tubular meat. <laughs> and what really got me really upset, Your Honor, is that I started to enjoy it. Yeah, what really got me upset, Your Honor, is I like kraut and mustard on mine. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> of kraut, Dutch. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And uh, so apparently, because of the uh, the many tattoos, he didn't cut the mustard. No, but they what they do? They they arrested him, and he loses his his hot dog cart. Well, his permit already ended, which is what started the whole thing. So he can't yeah, even yeah. sell hot dogs anymore. There's so. very few hot dog carts here in Florida. We don't see them. Like New York, there hot dog carts all yeah, over. Yeah, dirty, dirty water dogs, right? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, here, so no, no. maybe he knows better for next time. No, hey. down here we sell flying dogs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of next time, thank you very much for joining us on Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy. We will scour the internet, as we always do, and other sources to find more totally useless information just for you. So tell a friend to make season seven at 777. That's amazing. Tell a friend, and thank you guys. Thank you so much in 65 countries now for listening to Totally Useless Information. I'm Nick. And I'm Roy. Thanks for listening. Totally Useless Information with Nick and Roy is a production of NickAndRoy.com. Visit NickAndRoy.com to access the full library of episodes or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>